1992, Quentin Tarantino released Reservoir Dogs, a highly acclaimed independent movie that ushered in a career that most people think is one of the best filmmakers who's ever lived, but definitely one of the best filmmakers of the 90s. And part of what makes Quentin Tarantino so special is that over the course of his career, he has made artistic decisions that draw from influences that most people don't respect, that he brings together all of these different things that he was a fan of, turns it into a movie that you love. Today, we are going to draw a comparison between Quentin Tarantino and Cake, and I will argue that Cake is the Quentin Tarantino of 90s music, and they are the most interesting alt-rock band of the 90s. Come along with us on a journey. You're listening to Sounds Good to Us. You see birds fall from the window ledge above mine. Then they flap their wings at the last second. I can see their dead weight just dropping like stones or small loaves of bread past my window all the time. The realists know that that's a lyric from 1994's Mr. Mastodon Farm off the album Motorcade of Generosity from the funky-ass, nearly country-alternative rock band Cake, the focus of the episode of Sounds Good to Us, which you are listening to now. I'm Gregory Hill. And I'm Jordan Stone. This is a music podcast where two friends of 21 years and counting pick one artist per episode and talk about why that artist is awesome to us, or even important to us, and even in the shrimp-sized chance... You might not think so. I'm running out of small synonyms, Jordan. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter and Instagram and listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Come on, join us on this journey. Jordan, where does Cake rank in your all-time favorite bands? Definitely top 10, no question. Okay. And we're talking favorite, not best, right? It's your, favorite. your personal list. And so yep. top 10, they might crack the top five, but I'm going to put them somewhere five to seven range for me. Top five to seven of all time. What about you? I, I like it. It's crazy how calibrated we are. I wrote down, they're certainly in the top 10, for sure. No question yeah. about it. Yeah. For context, Beastie Boys are number one for me. So they're somewhere beyond that who knows how far i think on some days they're probably top five depending on the day sometimes it may not even be as high as two or three but as far as 90s bands we're definitely talking about top two and speaking of the 90s jordan i don't think you'll disagree with me here but the thing that i'm going to argue in this episode they are the most interesting band of the 1990s and i want to present to the audience that i think they are the quentin tarantino of the 90s so stay tuned i like it we are going to get started you ready buddy let's do it all right, so beginning the episode, Jordan, we're talking about personal connections. Let's bring it down here. Let's open up our brains. Let's get into those memories. I want you to walk me through your experiences with Cake, starting early if you can. How did you first hear about them? But just walk me through any memories you have of the band. I'm going to kick it off by saying that this is technically our second Cake episode. We did a deep dive into Fashion Nugget uh, a few months ago, maybe five, four or five months ago, and we're going to retell some stories here. If that's okay with y'all, and go listen to that episode if you like fashion nuggets. So I'm gonna what are tell. People gonna say no. I mean, they can't. <laughs> yeah. they can't. No, I you won't hear not. this until Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll get it started with my my personal stories. In a previous episode, I said Beastie Boys were the most important band to me, and that's true. But I wanted to be the Beastie Boys. K 
Cake was the first band where I felt that deep connection to the music itself. I bought Fashion Nugget around 1996, and I became enthralled with it. The musicality, the style of music, the depth of lyrics. I've seen them live about a dozen times, including two nights in a row in Atlanta in 2002. Just went to Atlanta, saw them one night, came back the next night and saw them again. Uh, First actual story here. In 1997, I'm 11 or 12 years old, I went on a Caribbean cruise with my neighbors on a 15-hour drive to Florida. Did the cruise, then came back on another 15-hour drive back home. So back then, you had CD cases. And for those who are our younger audience, you would have to literally keep all of the music you wanted to listen to in a case. (laughs) And you would just Mm. carry around this big-ass case of CDs, which is a you know, 90s kids problem right there. So picture this. I'm in the back of the minivan on this trip. I bust out my CD Walkman and I forgot the CD case at home with all of my CDs in it. And for those of us that remember this, if you didn't bring your collection of CDs, you had one option. You open up your CD Walkman and whatever CD is sitting in the player, you're stuck with. Mine was Fashion Nugget. This was the only album I had for 30 hours in the car and the cruise. (laughs) I listened to it for a week straight. To say I know that album front to back is an understatement. (laughs) I also have a personal story from just last night. So I was driving in my car and rock and roll lifestyle came on the radio. So y'all can understand this is not a popular song by any means. And to hear this on the radio the night before we're recording, it was a very nice moment. I think it was a good omen, Greg, for how good this episode is going to be, which brings me to my last personal connection to Cake. I know every Cake lyric to every single song from their first four albums by heart. It's the only band I can do that with. I know it sounds like I'm bragging, which I kind of am, but it's the only yep. band I can, I can do that with. And you can, just, you can just play a cake song and I'll sing the entire thing all the way through. So let's do it. In the words of Muhammad Ali and Corey Brandon, it ain't bragging if it's true. And I can't tell you how much of a dare this seemed when I read through the show notes. I was like, oh yeah, well, special segment at the end yeah. of the episode. <laughs> testing Jordan. But I I can tell you, I will vouch for him. He 100% can do it. So if you ever see him out in public, ask him. You know, it's funny because Cake is probably, I already said, they are definitely in my top 5 to 10 favorite band of all time. I love Cake. It's one of the bands that Jordan and I first connected on that we still talk about today, no matter how long we've liked them. I don't really have a standout memory guarantee for when I first heard about them, I know I was aware of them as a band as early as their first album, but my first memory that I took notice, so like I can't I can't prove to you if you, if you gave me like a true serum and I could somehow access the memory. I don't know if this is my first memory, but this is definitely the first time that I remember going, "Oh shit, Cake is one of my favorite bands." And it will not be a surprise to you if you've heard this podcast before that I'm about to reference the fucking Jenny McCarthy show. And I can tell no, you that is. the exact date that I took notice of Cake was on March 11th, 1997. 
again, the reason I know this is because that was the date that Cake appeared on The Jenny McCarthy Show, which was a short-lived variety show that was starring one of my top five 90s celebrity crushes. You can also think about Carmen Electra, Halle Berry, and of course, Michelle Pfeiffer in the second Batman movie was the sexiest person who's ever lived. This show was great. Jenny McCarthy was on Singled Out, and she has this show that got canceled after a season, but was just a series of banger bands as guests, better than Saturday Night Live, better than any show I'd ever seen. You had Cake, you had Ben Folds, you had all these bands that I loved that I knew about, but this was the first time that I'd really seen them live, so to speak, even though it was on TV. And the performance was amazing. If you go back and watch it, go on YouTube, every single Jenny McCarthy guest is on YouTube. I remember watching it and being like, this is unlike anything I've ever seen, which sounds like hyperbole, but let me tell you what I was thinking as a child. I knew who Willie Nelson was. I knew what Trigger was, the guitar, the famous guitar that Willie Nelson has had forever. And I'm watching what ostensibly is an alternative rock band. The lead singer is holding a guitar that looks like Trigger. And they're making sounds come out of their instruments that are just really strange. It kind of sounds country, but it still has this attitude, this sort of low-key, I don't give a fuck angst of the 90s. But this doesn't sound like the Smashing Pumpkins. This doesn't sound like the Foo Fighters. This doesn't sound like Sublime. It was like that there were no contemporaries for them. And so Fashion Nugget then came out later. You know, on the show they played I Will Survive. It was great. But the, the album, their next album, didn't actually release for a couple of months later. I bought the CD the day it came out. Luckily, it wasn't parental advisory. Although there were cuss words on it, which I was happy to hear when I finally got the CD. And it's probably one of the first 15 CDs I ever owned. Shout out to Blues Travelers 4, Boys to Men's The Remix Collection, and the Rembrandt's The Rembrandt's LP. Those were guaranteed the first three CDs that I personally owned were only mine because I got those for Christmas in 1995 when I also got my first Discman. My next major memory about Cake is in high school. I don't drive yet. My friend Adam doesn't drive yet. But we're riding in the back seat of this sophomore, his car. He was in the television production class with us. He was cool because he had a car and he's driving us around. We're listening to sort of a CD that he made and it had the distance on it. And that was the first time that I that I was told that the distance is about masturbation. I'd heard that song a bunch of times, but in 2002, I'm 15 years old. You're going to be damn right that I'm going to like really love a song about masturbation. So oh, yeah. got back into Cake. Around this time, Jordan and I also start hanging out. We'd known each other before that, but this is kind of the first time we actually did a project together in English class. And so we're watching a lot of Quentin Tarantino movies, we're watching a lot of Kevin Smith, and we're listening to and talking to a lot about Cake. I would not be as deep as a Cake fan as I am now if it wasn't for Jordan, so thank you. I have seen them live a couple times, not as many as Jordan, but probably six. I was trying to think exactly how many. My favorite by far, though, and this is my favorite musical night in my life, was when we saw the Frey and Ben Folds solo open up for Weezer at the Municipal Auditorium in Nashville. And then we sprinted down 2nd Avenue and then saw Cake play at River Stages. This was on July 21st, 2005. Best music night of my life, right? Yep. And so the last thing I want to say quickly before I wrap up, and you'll hear me talk about this throughout the episode and the choices that I make on the songs and the bands that I want to compare to, Cake should be much more respected than they are. And so my head argument is that Cake is the most interesting band of the 90s. I think critics would laugh at that. But I will tell you, listener, if you respect Quentin Tarantino, 
you should respect cake. They are operating under the same principles. They make artistic decisions that blend together their favorite things that they watched or heard growing up. And they do that in a way that is amazing. And so if you don't like Quentin Tarantino, I'm fine with you not respecting cake. But if you respect Quentin Tarantino, it must follow that you respect cake. All right. So let's talk a little bit about cake as a band. Again, Jordan said we did an episode before we went over some of this. But just in case you don't know that much about cake, let me give you some of the highlights. They're an alternative rock band from Sacramento, California. The name of the band actually does not refer to the sweet baked dessert, but rather a feeling. And and I quote John McRae, like when something insidiously becomes a part of your life, we mean it more as something that cakes onto your shoe and is just short, sort of something that you can't get rid of it. The band is currently comprised of singer John McRae, trumpeter, that's right, I said trumpeter, Vince DeFiori, guitarist Dan McCurdy, bassist Daniel McCallum, and drummer Todd Roper. But in 1991, when they formed, there was a different lineup. You had Greg Brown on guitar, Frank French on drums, and Sean McFessel rounding out the lineup. They originally released and self-released. They funded and distributed on their own their debut album, Motorcade of Generosity, in 1992. And on the success of that, they're selling that out of their van as they're touring. They got signed with Capricorn Records, which is sort of a weird label to sign an alternative rock band. This is known for... Kenny Chesney a little bit later, Government Mule, Widespread Panic, and then 311. 311 and Cake are by far the outliers there. Thomas Connor, uh, a a critic, after hearing Motorcade of Generosity, eventually said that this album would have made Bob Wills, famous Texas swing musician, Buddy Holly, and Lou Reed smile. That's a great review, Thomas. Then in 1996, they released their platinum album Fashion Nugget. Uh, You can check out that earlier episode we did. This album is great. The Distance off of this record is probably their biggest hit and signature song. Although Jordan and I will talk about our favorite songs from Cake later, so stay tuned. In 1998, they then released Prolonging the Magic, which also went platinum. McRae wrote and produced every single song on this album, hoping that it would come across as much more experimental than their previous ones. This album has a fuck ton of steel guitar on it, Jordan. I love it. Damn right. Uh, It's amazing, right? So we're big steel guitar fans, especially where you wouldn't expect it. Comfort Eagle then came next, which at this point now, they're on Columbia Records. They released this in 2001. A couple years later, they released Pressure Sheaf, also on Columbia. Then the band created its own label and released Showroom of Compassion in 2011, which debuted at the top of the Billboard charts, the only time that happened for them. Age of Aquarius, apparently, if you are super fans like us, you know that Age of Aquarius is supposedly coming out, but there is no defined release date, so stay tuned. Look, Cake has sold a lot of records. They've received mostly positive critical acclaim, although I would not say that if you pulled 90s rock critics, they would put Cake at the top of the list, although I think they should have them higher. They never won a major award. Although Short Skirt, Long Jacket was at least nominated for an MTV VMA Breakout Award. It lost to the White Stripes, Fall in Love with a Girl, which is fine. I'm okay with that. Jordan, other than just being successful, much more successful than people probably remember, they have not reached the same level of critical acclaim that other bands of the 90s have. It's amazing that Cake has turned over band members and sounded the exact same, basically, their entire careers. That's impressive. Zan is an incredible guitarist. I think he's very, very underrated. As someone never, no one ever really talks about Zan, but I love him as a guitarist. Also, just to touch on one thing is they've never won an award. Mm-hmm. That is insane. To mm-hmm. your point, they're like 
you know, they should be way more respected. That kind of defines it, right? Even by their peers and mm-hmm. critics, they're not respected. And fans, no one respects cake. <laughs> Me and you do, but yeah. you know, the average person doesn't. Let's change that. Let's turn that around tonight. Let's go. So next thing, you already mentioned this, Jordan. Cake might be the most distinct band of all time. There's probably a lot of songs that we both could choose that we feel like best represents that sound. I will already say, I'm sure this was as hard for you as it was for me. Yes. But if you had to choose one song that's most emblematic of the cake sound, what would it be? Yeah, this was very hard to do. I could pick 30 songs and I just settled, I guess you'd say, even though I'll stand behind it. It's Wheels from 2004's Pressure Chief. German dudes dance with sexy French Canadians while they Cake is exceptionally unique. They have a sound that can only be defined as cake. I think Wheels is about as close as it comes to quintessential cake. Let's do our checklist, Greg. We've started doing a checklist on what defines songs. Number one, in no particular order, random lyrics without any direction. Check. <laughs> For the most part, John McRae just writes random shit, and you're like, what is this guy talking about? Which I love. Number two, the cake guitar sound. The guitar for cake has a specific sound and style. I can't put my finger on it, but it's just the way they play guitar is different. Number three, there's like 10 instruments on this song, and there's four different types of guitar, bass, drums, trumpet, other instruments I can't even identify. Like literally, there are. I was listening to this song, and I was trying to identify every single instrument, and I couldn't do it. And then lastly, John McRae's monotone vocals. It just sounds like he's being sarcastic and making fun of music, I guess you'd say, yeah. as he's singing. <laughs> so that, those are, that's my checklist for Cake and Wheels has all of that. I want to say two things about yours because your checklist is spot on. My only addition slash edit to number one, I think to McRae, the lyrics might not be random and have direction. Yeah. He's just never let us into his world. The thing that really marks cake lyrics to me is they are completely open to interpretation. If you look for cake lyrics, you'll find different sites who will write down the lyrics differently because no one knows. And then secondly, in the guitar sound, you, you mentioned Zan. Yeah. We talked endlessly about how interesting of a guitarist Tom Morello is and how he can make sounds out of a guitar and an amp that no one else can. Yeah. But no one talks about Zan. So again, no people are not giving Cake the credit because he's able to make a sound that conventionally doesn't sound like it comes Agreed. from a guitar. I, I think Pressure Chief is where they reached peak Cake-ness, whatever that is. We talked a little bit about that as far as their sound goes. But I'm going to reach back a little bit to their first album, Motorcade of Generosity, and pick Rock and Roll Lifestyle. On completely with some brand new components now. How do you afford your rock and roll lifestyle? How do you afford your rock and roll lifestyle? How do you afford your rock and roll lifestyle? As much as I think John McRae's voice defines the cake sound to most people, I actually think their instrumentals, and this you kind of made this point earlier, Jordan, their instrumentals do so more. If you had John McRae sing, this is my contention, over just some other alternative rock track that you just pick randomly and you just swap voice over another sound, I think like five out of 10 90s pop fans would guess that it was the Cake lead yeah. singer. But if you played a Cake song, no vocals, and just put it out there, 
I think 10 out of 10 90s pop music fans would guess it was Cake. That's how distinct their sound is. The guitar alone, just dead giveaway. The rhythm guitar always has this sort of hollow fuzz quality to it. The lead guitar, high tone, similar to sort of this California Bakersfield country sound. Think If you think Dwight Yoakam, you think Buck Owens, this is the type of parallel of that sound that you're hearing. And then, of course, there's the trumpet, right? You hear the trumpet, it is in the forefront of this mix. The lyrics themselves had that trademark dry sarcasm that made Cake seem cool to us, I think, as 90s kids. And we talked about the 90s bands sort of had to really try hard to seem like they weren't trying at all. This entire genre, I think, of 90s alternative rock could just be called with like an eye roll and as a middle schooler that was cool and this song accomplishes that without seemingly trying very hard all right so next up let's talk about comparisons and this also spoiler alert is really hard so to do hard. with cake because no band has ever sounded like cake and that's not us as fanboys saying that it's just impossible to think about a, a band that sounds like them and you have the unenviable position of going first <laughs> yeah. so jordan i want you to tell me Name an artist or a band that reminds you of Cake or sounds like Cake or something. Give us a comp of, I don't know how you're going to do it. I'm going to preface this by saying I spent more time thinking about this than I have for any other episode we've ever done. But I'm going to stand behind what we picked and I'm going to start off with Mike Dowdy and 27 Jennifers from 2008's Golden Delicious. You might be the Again, this was so tough on me finding comparable artists, but I'm going to start with Mike Dowdy. You may know him as the lead singer of Soul Coughing, which was a pretty famous band in the 90s. I mean, not super famous, but people know who they are. This is a song from his solo career. So he leaves Soul Coughing and starts releasing his own records. And I chose this one specifically because it sounds like a cake hit. It doesn't sound mm-hmm. like a cake non-hit, like a Mr. Mastodon Farm or Jolene or anything like that, but it sounds like mm-hmm. a short skirt, long jacket, or a Never There, uh, songs like that. And Mike Dowdy has a similar delivery style to John McRae. I think a lot of cake fans would say he's the closest comp to John McRae, but still, it's not mm-hmm. John McRae, but that's my first pick. I like it. That's great. We're off to a good start. You know, I want to give a little preamble here because... Based on my argument earlier that Cake is the most interesting band in the 90s and they are the Quentin Tarantino of bands in the 90s, I need to help support my argument a little bit. So, Jordan, indulge me here. Most bands in their era sound like their era unless they're a breakout artist and they're doing something completely new and then everybody emulates them after. But most bands in the 90s, they, they sound tangentially like what came before them there you can hear the pixies you can hear sonic youth you can hear these bands that you know nirvana and pearl jam and soundgarden and any other early 90s band which again cake's first album came out in 92 so we're not talking about late 90s bands here but cake doesn't sound like anything that really came before them so i started thinking what are bands as a comp that sound so different than their era well, the first came up, I've talked about Talking Heads a lot. Yeah. I'm a Talking Heads super fan. The Talking Heads sound very differently than what is around them at the time. But then every 80s band after them sound tried to sound like the Talking Heads and did kind of sound like the Talking Heads. 
No one tried to nope. emulate cake. No nope. one even tried. <laughs> right? no. Like no one even tried to do it. So I, I struck Talking Heads off. Although hopefully for my birthday one episode we're going to do Talking yeah. Heads more so than any other band because of this. It's hard to find comps. So again, it's about the interesting. What is what is cake drawing from? How can cake exist? And you start to think about all the different genres that people have talked about cake's music sounding like country. But then you go mariachi, new wave, college, yep. rock, jazz, funk, Iranian fucking Damn folk right. music, <laughs> Brazilian, and hip-hop. All of those show up in people's writings about cake. And so I can only talk about cake comps by talking about influences to cake. One of the influences that McRae has explicitly stated is Tom Zay who's a Brazilian musician most popular during the height of Tropicalia during the 1960s. We're digging deep here, Jordan. But this was a craze. This was popular music in the 1960s. And later, interestingly enough, back to Talking Heads, David Byrne sort of resurrected Tom Zay's career around the time that John McRae is writing the first Cake album. And so I'd be lying to say I was like deep into the Tom Zay oeuvre. Listen to his 1972 recording of Augustas, Angelica y Constellação from 1973's Todos os Ojos. Tell me you don't hear some cake in that. That's awesome. It's uncanny. The instrumentation, the phrasing, it's so similar. Now, does every... Tom Zay song sound like that? No, but this one really does. And I can actually like picture McRae in his room listening to this and thinking, I want to make something that sounds kind of like this. Now, unfortunately, I can't compare the lyrics because I don't speak Portuguese. The only Portuguese phrase that I can say is I don't speak Portuguese. But that's my pick, Jordan. <laughs> that song <laughs> also sounds a lot like Ween. I was very sure. close to putting Ween on this comps list. Would have been a great- I, they're an honorable mention, by the way. But that sounds yeah. a lot like Ween, Would too. Would have been a great comp. Next up for me, the more and more I listened to this song, the more I had to put it on the list. I couldn't talk myself mm-hmm. out of it. And it's Beck's Loser from 1994's Mellow Gold. Things are going to change. I can feel it. So I think we'd be doing the listeners a disservice if we didn't include Beck. The more I listened to Beck, the more I was like, okay, this has to be. And by the way, Beck is one of those artists who's had four careers in one. So I'm talking about early career Beck. His early career stuff is like cake. His mid-career stuff is experimental. His second mid-career, so he had two mid-careers stuff is singer song. His brunch. Yeah, dude, when he released whatever the album is called that won all the Grammys, I Later, see change. You know how he said every cake song is a cake song? Every Beck song is not yep. a Beck song. Beck is like four different artists in one. And then his later career stuff, mm-hmm. which I don't know if you've heard the songs like Wow and Dreams, it's not yeah. Beck. It's not. It's just yeah. another it's another artist. Yeah. It's an interesting comparison because we we're saying that right now like a bad thing because cake is always the same, but there is some respect to bands who like it's reinvent not, themselves. Yeah, I mean right? I love but, 
and I'm not a big Beck fan, so I really had to dig deep, which Loser is his most played song on Spotify. It's not like I really dig deep. Sure. I went into his catalog to make sure nothing sounded more like Cake than Loser, and I came away with Loser. So I think it's pretty close. I like it. I think you're two for two. I am also, again, sort of digging into inspirations. Who is Cake and John McRae listening to that just makes them who they are? Again, this is not a comp necessarily, but it's an influence. And that is the Violent Femmes, uh, specifically their song Kiss Off from 1983's Violent Femmes. I need someone, a person to talk to, someone who cares to love. Could it be you? Now, the Violent Femmes, obviously a decade earlier than Cake, they are a much rawer band than Cake, not as well produced, which isn't a bad thing. That's, I think that's intentional with Violent Femmes, but. They're also sort of a much weirder one, which is possible. They also, though, have a famous song about masturbation, which Blister in the Sun is a song about masturbation, just like The Distance, the cake song is about masturbation. And this is sort of a self-serving comparison. You see what I did there? Self-serving. Anyway, the weird, the weirdness is what made both bands great. Their humor, it's dry, it's sardonic. It really makes it feel subversive, even though the music doesn't sound subversive. They both had this sort of country-adjacent sound, which I think you can hear in Kiss Off. And both bands take this very unique approach to the combination of songwriting, production, and instrumentation. Great choice. I, that song is... If, if you had to point to one song ever made in what Cake was influenced by, I think I'd pick that song. So mm-hmm. I like that choice. Before I get to my last comp, I want to do an honorable mention for King Missile's detachable penis i wanted to really badly put this song on here go listen to detachable penis it's one of the most interesting songs ever recorded and it's as crazy as it sounds it's a song about a guy who loses his penis and he's trying to find it so detachable penis by king missile so let's get into the actual well as you decide i want to do a side question here is detachable penis the best song with the word penis in it of all time. The only one I can think of is Hooker oh, with a Penis hooker, by hooker, Tool. Yeah. Is, is Detachable a Penis or Hooker with a hooker Penis with a better penis. song? No question. I agree. Um, We're good. But here's a song that fits better. Fast Balls, The Way, from 1998's All the Pain Money Can Buy. Drink up the wine And they got the talking I've talked about Fastball in this album a lot on this podcast. I love this album. People don't talk about it enough. And The Way was a big hit. You know, this isn't some underground song that no one's ever heard. It was an, a legit radio hit. But this song sounds very similar to Cake. And I want to point out specifically the guitar solo. This specific part of this song sounds just like Cake. Take a listen. So you hear it there. If you if you played that little snippet for me and I had never heard it before and you said this is a cake song, I would believe you. So it had to be on the playlist. I like it. We should do a fastball yeah. episode at some point. Get that in the queue. John McRae, this is my last choice here. John McRae has also explicitly said that Sly and the Family Stone is an influence. And while there's no way I would have picked them out if, if you would have given me 100 bands and I had to select 
find the one that John McRae said influenced them. I wouldn't say Sly and the Family Stone, but he said it. And B, I thought about it, and it makes perfect sense. So I'm going with Dance to the Medley from 1968's Dance to the Music. Cake is a funky band, right? As far as you can go as like a bunch of white dudes from Sacramento, yeah. California. Like that's the best that's the best you can do, right? And outside of like my personal favorite funk band, The Meters, I'm not alone in that. The Meters are great. Sly and the Family Stone are, are my second, and I think it's a good comp. Cake weaves together all these influences we've talked about. Again, the Quentin Tarantino of music. They're weaving all of these influences together and making this sort of crazy stew when you listen to dance to the mentally do you hear the horns do you hear the way the guitar sounds all of those things i think are part of that stew that the band is drawing from and adding in that sort of funk beat that makes the music sound the way it does sly and the family stone are like the soul of cake as they're thinking through how to turn this band into something that people will love and the vocals undeniably completely different right? oh yeah cake is known for this monotone restraint sly and the family stone is famously known for this joyful exuberance i can see a younger mccray listening to sly and the family stone and that influence in the music that he wants to make in a very real way the syncopation the wall yep. of sound and the yep. funk this makes sense to me that's a great comp thank you very much i appreciate it each episode, this is the first time that you're listening, we listen to pretty much every single thing that the band has produced and try to craft the perfect 10-song playlist, which you can find on Spotify by visiting the site, soundsgoodtous.com. So, Jordan, get us started with track one on the playlist. Mr. Mastodon Farm from 1994's Motorcade of Generosity. Now due to a construct in my mind that makes their falling and their flight symbolic of my entire existence, it becomes important for me to get up. Want to know how to tell if someone really loves cake? Ask them if they like Motorcade of Generosity. It's that simple. If they say yes, ask me, ask me. Hey, Greg. Do you like Motorcade of Generosity? Yes. Cool. You're a cake fan. Verified. Check mark. It works. <laughs> but in all seriousness, if someone says I love cake and they don't like that album, they don't love cake. You're, it, that sounds really hipster of me, but it's true. It's their first album. It had no hits on it, and it's probably their best album. And this is my favorite cake song on their best album as well. It's such a weird, pointless song. It doesn't make any sense. I'm going to ask you a question, Greg. You've known me for 20 plus years to this point. You know my taste in music, movies, TV, etc. I love this song. Is this the most hipster thing that I love? No. So I came up with a top okay. three list of the most hipster right. things you love. Number one with a bullet far and away is you saying I knew about this band before yeah, they were is, famous. Yeah. That is the most quintessentially <laughs> thing. And you I love, love doing, doing that. And that is the most hipster thing. And let me take a sidestep here. The reason why Jordan's bringing this up is because if you, if there's something in your head, if you close your eyes, food, drinks, movies, music, television, and you think that that thing is hipster, Jordan probably, probably doesn't like not. it. And you might say, you know, because, you know, most hipsters define themselves by sort of what they think other people like. 
Jordan ain't like that. So that's why this is important. But it's not the most. That's number one. Number two is your love for vintage sports yeah. clothing. But the number three is your love for Mr. Right. Mastodon. Farm. Cool. I'm okay. So it's third most. I'm okay with that. All right. So I also drew from the pool of Motorcade of Generosity, which is my favorite cake album as well. My choice is my favorite song uh, on this album is You Part the Waters. You part the waters. The same ones that I'm drowning in. You lead your casual I love the opening of the song. I love this sort of high piano flourish that then drops into McRae's first verse. That dynamic shift is really fun and interesting. The guitar track is just quintessentially cake. It has that sort of high tone, country influenced sound. The lyrics are just all over the place. You know, him just constantly saying, You don't even play piano. I don't know what that means. And it's either really deep or it's really shallow. Like, is he saying something profound about you not being able to occupy the space of a hundred plus keys and make something beautiful? Or is he just saying, You literally don't play piano? I don't know. I've stopped worrying about the meeting and just decided to love it. Good choice. Next up is Nugget from 1996's Fashion Nugget. Now heads of state who ride and wrangle who look at your face from more than one angle can cut you from their bloated bunches like sharpened knives to chicken McNuggets. Shut the fuck This is probably my second favorite cake song. This song is special. You can imagine hearing this as a 10-year-old Greg back when we first heard this song. It was the coolest thing I'd ever heard in my life at that point because of the lyrics that you just heard in the clip. It also just has this sound. I can't describe it. I can't define it. It it might be the nostalgia talking. I'm not really sure, but there's something about the way that I've never heard in other music before. But Cake just creates this vibe and sound like no other, and this is one of their best. I'm also going to go in the fashion nugget direction. I'm just going in order here by time. And let's move to just what is basically a really good Bakersfield, California country song, and that is one of my favorites, Stick Shifts and Safety Belts. Stick Shifts and Safety Belts. I love the song. It's just so damn fun. It's really upbeat. It has a really singable chorus. I have owned six cars in my life. And every single one of them has been an automatic. So none of my cars or trucks have had stick shifts. That makes me sad as a lover of this song. And every single one of them has had bucket seats, which this song completely speaks to that being a bad thing because you can't bring your baby close to you. Every single time I buy a new car, I think about this song and I'm disappointed in myself. Next track is Comfort Eagle from 2001's Comfort Eagle. Like the sultan in your onion head hat. We are building a religion. We're making a brand. We're the only ones to turn to when your castles turn to sand. Take a bite of this apple, Mr. Corporate Events. So it's 2001, and I remember buying this CD, the Comfort Eagle CD, going to Best Buy or something like that. And you listen to the album all the way through. For the first time, you're a big Cake fan, brand new album comes out. I kept stopping and going back to this song and just playing it over and over again. Similar to Nugget, this song has a sound that I think only Cake can achieve. It's probably their most rock 
song. It's almost like if Cake were to do a metal song, this is what it would sound like. Now, it's not anything close to metal, but it's like Cake trying to do metal. And it's even a bit of departure for them sonically. I mean, we say that a, every Cake song sounds like Cake. This still sounds like Cake, but it's there's something slightly different about this one. And I, I thought it deserved a spot on the playlist. Also, let's talk about the lyrics for a second. Cake is actually really, really political. Go look at their social media if you mm. don't believe me. They go against the grain. They're extremely political. And this song is political. It's anti-establishment. It's anti-music business. They're, they're calling out their own industry. So take a listen to this song. They're saying a lot, of, a lot of stuff in it, but Comfort Eagle is on the playlist. Yeah, it's funny. I think if John McRae's lyrics were clearer and less like, yeah. you know, allegories for things, we would be talking about Cake as yeah. almost as a political band as yeah, Rage Against I mean, the Machine. I, Not quite, but if Rage Against the Machine are like the radical left, then Cake yes, is like, yeah. you know, liberal, right? Cool. So I, my next song, and I love this one too. I do every song I put on this playlist. Shadow Stabbing from 2001's Comfort Eagle. Adjectives on the typewriter. He moves his words like I wanted to pick some Comfort Eagle, but I didn't want to pick a single. Short skirt, long jacket, Arco Arena, Love You Madly were the singles from this album. But Every song on this album is good. Opera singer, meanwhile, Rick James, commissioning a symphony in C, etc. All the songs in this album, and fuck it, every Cake song ever is excellent. But Shadow Stabbing is low-key my favorite on this album, and it has a lot to do with nostalgia as well. Uh, shout out to Jack Black and Colin Hanks' vehicle, Orange County, from 2002. This was the song that played over the opening credits, and because of that, I just associate this with being in high school and loving that movie and loving Cake, and that brings it up to the top of the list for me on this album. I love the opening guitar. It just, again, it has this sort of strange vibe to it. The harmonies and the lead-up to the chorus are great. It's hard to find a consensus about what this song is about. Like many Cake songs, it's just kind of impossible to know what's going on because it's so cryptic. Some have said that it could be a reference to Hurricane Carter, who is famously the wrongly accused former boxer whose story is captured in Bob Dylan's Hurricane. The song, some people argue, is about suicide. A smaller amount of people argue it's about murder. Some people argue the song is just about the inner workings of the mind of the writer. Again, I've stopped caring about Cake's lyrics and just enjoying the music. Next up yeah. is Italian Leather Sofa from Fashion Nugget. They laugh, they make money, he's got a gold watch, she's got a silk dress and healthy breasts that bounce on his Italian leather This song is so cake in every single way. I almost picked it as song that defines their sound. It's some weird combination of rock, country, and pop that only cake can do. It's got those tongue-in-cheek mm -hmm. lyrics that you just heard. I mean, who puts that in a song? <laughs> the answer is cake. The song is about mm -hmm. a relationship mm -hmm. built on money, superficiality. And again, it's one of those cake thongs. Cake, cake thongs? Cake songs. Yes. Uh, thongs. Thong, thong, thong. We're doing him next, so stay tuned for the Cisco. At, no, we're not. <laughs> Saw him open for NSYNC in 1999 at Delphia College. Best live artist ever seen you in your life but this is one of those cake songs that makes you think what the fuck is this what is this band and mm -hmm. why does this song exist mm -hmm. there's some things we're yeah. going to say about cake that you're like this sounds negative but i promise you it's not it's just you're trying to mm -hmm. explain cake and it's really hard to do sure i'm on the same page and i love that song fast forwarding to 2004's pressure chief 
I'm going with the song Carbon Monoxide. Too much carbon monoxide for me to bear. In 2004, I was a freshman in college. This is sort of like the beginnings of me getting outside of my bubble and learning more about politics. It's around the same time that the, first, you know, the second Bush was president. I was listening to a lot of punk music because one of my roommates was into punk music. Shout to Against Me, Anti Flag, None More Black, The Get Up Kids, Authority Zero, No Effects, and Social Distortion, and especially Reggie and the Full Effect, who are from the Lawrence, Kansas area with The Get Up Kids. I didn't at the time realize, after having loved Cake at this point for almost a decade, that as Jordan pointed out earlier, they were as political as they were. But the entire album, Pressure Chief, is a statement, basically a political statement. It's not Rage Against the Machine political, like we said earlier, but there are a lot of political themes. Obviously, judging from the title, Carbon Monoxide, this song is about pollution. I tie the song in my head a lot to 2006's Inconvenient Truth, which was a movie made by Al Gore, which was basically like a like a PowerPoint presentation that was well done. The 2000s were crazy. Apparently, John McRae wrote this song while riding on a bus, and he's like literally breathing in pollution, and he's getting angry about it. I love the drum beat in the song in the beginning. It, it, it feels like this heartbeat. It's a really visceral song. I love the simple guitar riff. It's great. And that strange synth loop in the background, you might know, Jordan. It, it, I assume it's not digital. But it kind of sounds like a what's the piano uh, synth called? What's that called? Yeah, like, I mean, just, just a, a synthesizer. keyboard, right? Synthesizer. But it, it, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a live either. instrument. But I don't know. And I love the part when he's like, car after bus, yeah. after car after truck, after fucked this, up. my lungs yeah. will be so yeah. fucked up. I love that line. It's a fun song. Next track is Jolene from Motorcade of Generosity. Every time I pull you close. All right, let's say that Cake had to enter a contest for best songs of the 1990s. Not most fun, not poppiest, not biggest hits of the decade, but best, objectively, musically, lyrically. Jolene (laughs) would be their submission. This is Cake's probably objectively best song. And to put this simply, I think this is their best song for four reasons. Number one, it's not irreverent or sarcastic. I don't think in any way, which is really rare for Cake. Number two, great instrumentation. I think any musician would say this is a great song just just the actual music musicianship of the song and the way it's composed. Number three, it's dynamic musically. It's up, it's down, it's fast, it's slow. It shows a lot of depth and range for the band. And number four, it has a great and underrated guitar solo and instrumentation section with almost a Tom Morello guitar sound. getting a lot of things in this song Jolene that you don't really hear in any other cake songs even though it sounds like a cake song so this song is special it's a serious side of cake and I almost if if you took anything from this episode and all you took away was you wouldn't listen to Jolene I'm okay with that that's how great this song is 
So you're okay if they don't take any yeah, exactly. That's, anything I mean, that I, I yeah. said. It's just, <laughs> okay, sounds good. In that contest, I love your take. It's the right take, 100%. In that contest, where does cake place? Is it top 50? Is it, sorry, yes is it top no? 50 what? Is Jolene their, their entry into this oh, contest you're talking oh, about, the best uh, songs of the 90s? Is it top 50 90s? For me, though. Okay, so I was gonna go. I was gonna go forty, thirty, but you're saying twenty-five to thirty. Top twenty-five to potentially. Okay, I mean, yeah, you don't have every song to in the say, 90s but yeah. up in front of us, but uh, that, uh, yeah. I, I'm not going to disagree with you. I think that's fair, and that kind of again to the point of I think Cake is the most interesting band of the '90s. It stands to reason that one of their songs would be top twenty-five, even if this is kind right. of one of the least Cake songs we've talked about today. All right, so to round this out, to kind of put a point on my argument that Cake is the most interesting band of the '90s. They draw an array of influences together and make art similarly to Quentin Tarantino did in the 90s. So if you respect Quentin Tarantino, you have to respect Cake. I'm going to choose a cover to kind of be able to talk about these influences in a different way. And the cover that I chose is War Pigs from 2007's B-Sides and Rarities. Begging mercies for their sins. Satan laughing spreads his So I want to also make the case that Cake is the best cover band of all time, far and away. And let me tell you the reasons why. Number two, volume. Cake has covered more songs of any other famous band that I can think of. We did a Miley Cyrus episode where I talked about Miley being basically also a great cover artist. And Cake has done more than Miley, for sure. But also the way that they make cover songs their own. And again, to me, Cake covers songs as like practice. It's like, hey, in the same way that, you know, in the same way that Kill Bill is Quentin Tarantino's homage to this like samurai Tokyo flicks that he really loves, in the same way that Django Unchained is a Western, you know, like you had, and, and Inglorious Bastards sort of speaks to those also sort of Western themes and war movies. This is what Cake does. They, they, they play, I assume they play a yeah. lot of other bands' yeah. music privately. I would assume that there are hundreds of songs that they've covered as friends and they put out yeah. the ones that they want the world to hear. And War Pigs is one of those. It's not my favorite Kate cover. That award goes to Sad Songs and Waltzes. But it's a great cover. And the reason why is because Cake makes it their own. It generally it, rocks. It does. Like I'm sure there's people who love War Pigs and love 70s heavy metal and are like, fuck you. It doesn't rock, but this song rocks, genuinely. You don't have an argument if you say it doesn't. But it's also yep. unabashedly cake. And to me, the best covers might not always improve on the original song. That's not fair. Like, shout out to Aretha Franklin's cover of Otis Redding's Respect. Aretha's yeah. version is yeah. better than Otis's version by far. It's not even close. Most people think of the song Respect. They don't even know that Otis Redding was the first to record that song. Aretha's Respect is one of the best songs that's ever been recorded in the history of the world. That's an example of a better cover. I don't think Cake has any versions of songs that are better covers. What they also do better than any band has ever done, in my opinion, is that they make the song different and their own in a way that makes it need to exist. So on this end, if you have Aretha's version of Respect from Otis Redding, on the other end of this, you have the Black Crows cover of Otis Redding's Hard to Handle. I love the Black Crows cover. It's not better, but it is different, right? So Otis's version is way better. If you haven't heard of Otis Redding's version, go listen to it. But 
the Black Crows version feels like a Black Crow song so much that most people don't know that it's originally Otis Redding's song, right? I, I, I can't agree with you more on this. If a band or an artist covers a song and it's not any different, they just take it and they copy mm-hmm. it, just like copy paste. To me, mm-hmm. that's not a cover. It's just a re-record, right? Like yep. back in the 60s, it was very, very common for art at multiple artists to record the same song and release it. That's not covering yep. songs. That's just mm-hmm. re-record. It's recording your own no. version, right? Like you you said the earlier, yeah. you talked about Act Naturally, yeah. the Beatles. Yeah, basically. That's a re-record. Exactly. Amazing. It's not a cover. That's not a cover, right? They take the song and they change mm-hmm. it and they make it their own. And I actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on a limb here. Mm-hmm. And I know you don't agree with this because I think you just said it. I think all of their covers are actually better than the original. Every single one. And War Pigs mm. is so good. It is. I'm so glad you picked it. Yeah. It's so, really yeah, good. Cake is the ultimate cover band. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. And I, I think that it's just... And maybe that's it's just bias, that's but, our bias, right? Like, we yeah. love music and we love movies. And the fact that we can gain access to so many things through these bands and the fact that we know how yeah. smart they are and how they're drawing from all these yeah. different influences. That's cool to us. I don't think originality is the most important thing to being an artist. No. I, I don't at all. And I think that's why Cake is so great. They Are they original? Their output is extremely original. Their inputs are other bands, but then what they did yeah. creatively was mash it all up and come up with something For that's sure. so different than everyone else. Cool. Well... As we wrap up here, we want to make sure that we do a plug for our Instagram and our Twitter. And that's not because we want a bunch of followers. We want to be internet famous. We want to interact with you. And so if you listen to the last episode, the Q&A, we take live, not live questions, but we take questions from our fans and we do thoughtful answers and we shout you out on air. So we want to engage with you. We want to hear with you, from you. You can give us ideas for what artists you'd want to hear. You can give us ideas for questions you might have and we'll answer them on air. It's great to be able to interact with our listeners and we hope that you take advantage of that. Um, secondly, you can also go to our website, soundsgoodtous.com. And on there, you can get access to every playlist for free on Spotify that we have put together for all of our episodes. So please take advantage of that as well. And as always... Give us some feedback by leaving us a review on iTunes. If there's something you like, great. Tell us. We'll keep doing it. If there's something that you fucking hate, tell us politely, (laughs) preferably, but even not, that's okay. We'll take the data and we will get better. We do this because we have fun, and but we will not get better for you. One small little favor. If you're listening on Spotify right now, go to our profile and just hit follow. If you're listening on Apple, go to our profile Mm, and hit subscribe. That's all you got to do. It's just one little button. That's it. Thank you. See ya.